Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast on Radio MDI Heart or wherever you download us from. Thank you for doing that. We have a wonderful guest today, Dr. John Huber. H-U-B-E-R, his website, MainstreamMentalHealth at gmail.com. Actually, that sounds like an email address, MainstreamMentalHealth at gmail.com. He is an expert at unruly airline passengers in his mental health occupation as a clinical psychologist, clinical forensic psychologist. So we're going to ask him what the difference is in that as opposed to just a clinical psychologist. But in any case, he will talk to us about what to do with an unruly airline passenger. We are brought to you by two very ruly companies, lifesfirstnaturals.com. Go to their website, lifesfirstnaturals.com. See the true biotics and bovine colostrum that they offer there and their randomized controlled studies are on that website to show you their potential benefits and why I use both. And the other, of course, is our own website and app, longevityplaybook.com, longevityplaybook.com. And it's an app. It can go on your iPad or your website or, of course, on your phone as an app. Dr. Huber, what's the difference between a clinical forensic psychologist and a clinical psychologist? Well, in clinical psychology and in psychology in general, whether you're a talk therapist or not, our goal is to help our patient get better. When we add that forensic moniker on there, we're moving into another profession's realm, basically the rule of law. And that basically is trying to find somebody guilty. So my role then, I have to bridge both of those worlds, bring them together and still do the best for my client to have them have the best outcome that they can. And I get called in in child custody evaluations for divorces, and we do child custody evaluations. Oftentimes, we get called in to do risk assessment to see if somebody really should be given an opportunity for parole or for for any type of monitored living. There's such a wide variety of monitored systems that our people have from parole all the way down to, you know, house arrest even. I also have kind of a luxury to get to interact with some extreme people in our society. I've interacted with some serial killers and and got to review different things from that extreme world. But then I come back into the psychology and we start, okay, why do people do these things? What type of goals are they achieving in their own personal life that continue that drive to rape someone or kill someone and that type of stuff. And it's an extreme side. It's often very seductive. I know, you know, I taught university for 21 years and those classes always filled up. There were always, you know, people standing outside when they heard I was going to talk about serial killers or, or different paraphilias and different types of behaviors that a lot of criminals engage in. Then I always have to bring it back to my main focus, which is clinical psychology. I want to help people. I want to help people get better and have long, fulfilling lives. And that's ultimately what what I'm out here doing today. And one of those ways of helping people is helping us deal with unruly passengers on airplanes. Now, we've seen the pictures on the news of people acting wildly on planes. How common is it? 
if I take maybe, what is it, say five flights a month, so 60 flights a year, am I likely to run into someone who's a uh, unruly passenger? You know, and I, I was flying maybe a little bit more than that before COVID. I haven't picked up all the way my travels yet. And personally, I, in all my years of flying, I can't recall actually having that happen. And that's why we make a big deal about it, you know, because it does happen. It's not uncommon, but it's still rare. And when you have like the issue with Mike Tyson, where the person was inebriated behind him and he was reaching over the top of Mike's head and that went on for 45 or 50 minutes and Mike asking him calmly to please sit down and let him enjoy his flight before he turned around and jacked him in the, in the chin. <laughs> Did he knock him out? I don't know what happened in that. No, no, he really, I, I watched the video and I've actually had a chance to talk to Mike before. The beautiful thing was he walked off there, the police met him at the front door and they go, Mr. Tyson, would you like to press charges against this guy? <laughs> and the guy like, what? And Mike's like, no, he just needs to go home and sober up. And so they let him, you know, they send him on his way because the guy had been harassing Mike and Mike had been cautiously, but very courteously asking him to leave him alone. The steward came over, did the same thing and it didn't happen. So then we, then we think of some of the videos that we've seen recently of people, you know, I got to get off this plane and getting all anxious. The things you and I are trained to do to de-escalate, and then the people do naturally. You know, you step back, you give people room, you let them tell their story. That kind of is very difficult to do on an airliner. We can still, hey, tell me what's going on. You can de-escalate. Have them start talking and telling their story. And a lot of times, people just need to be heard. And part of their frustration is nobody cares. But if you sit there and you give them that avenue, and then Make sure they can see your hands. You're not in a threatening position. But make sure that they know you don't have a weapon or something like that in your in your possession. My kids are all like, "But Dad, you're a third degree black belt. Just take them out." That's not what we're supposed to do. Okay, you know we don't do those types of things. You know you're supposed to use that to de-escalate and use that only to protect yourself if something like that were to happen. So for all those people out there who who go to the gym four hours a day or do martial arts like I do, those are your skills to calm people down and keep make sure you don't get hurt but you don't attack them you let them tell their story and you step back and listen and reflect it's simple communication skills you know wow that must be horrible so on the plane the guy across the aisle from you is spilling his drink over you what do you do then in other words say talk to him say hey you're spilling the drink on me can i buy you another one what do you do well, if a guy's spilling his drink all over you, you know, of course, most people are going to try and clean things up. They're going to hand you napkins. You know, they're going to ask the steward for more if they don't have enough. You know, if those things are going on, somebody's like, oh, dude, I made a mistake. It's bad. You got those other people then who turn it back around and they're already agitated and they turn around and try to blame you, you know, de-escalate it. Hey, it's okay. You know, you know, I wear comfortable clothes when I fly. I don't wear my best suit when I'm getting on the plane. Just rational things you should be doing anyhow, but de-escalate the whole thing. Maybe offer to buy them another drink, but I don't know if that's the best thing to do. Have they been drinking alcohol? That's one of the things you got to watch out for. If they're doing alcohol, step back and, hey, offer them, hey, let's get you some coffee or an iced tea or something like that. But biggest thing you can do on there is let them tell their story. So when you say let them tell their story, you're really empathizing with them. You're trying to make it happy now what do you do 
Mike Tyson, the guy was behind him. What should he have done? Or, or what should you do with the guy who's kicking you in the seat? On a plane, the, the seat kickers are one of the biggest problems in addition to the... Absolutely. And the loud talkers. I use noise-canceling headphones, but that's one of the things that stewards are there for. They're there to provide a safe environment, first and foremost. So I would be calling the steward and let them do their job. You know, they may have an option of moving one or both of you to a different seat. And unfortunately, most of the flights lately I've been flying on have been packed completely full. So that may not always be an option, but they have a responsibility and they can stay on top of that much more effectively. And you said you said often, as I heard you in, in this, and we're talking with Dr. John Huber, H-U-B-E-R, who is the chairman of Mainstream Mental Health, a nonprofit organization that brings lasting and positive changes to the lives of individuals that suffer from mental health issues. But in this case, Dr. Huber, a clinical psychologist, is clinical forensic psychologist, is talking to us about what to do with unruly airline passengers. And one of the things you mentioned is that you want to get out of the situation and go and speak to the stewardess or the steward in a separate place. And you can do that by uh, pretending you're going to the bathroom or something else to get there as I read what you've written so brilliantly. So the point is to, you want to de-escalate and empathize with the person, I suppose. Now, if someone who's kicking you in the back, what do you, do you, do you tell them, please don't do it? And if they keep doing it, then you go to the stewardess. What do you do on that case? Well, communication is so important in human interaction. And maybe the person doesn't realize that you can feel it through the seat, especially, you know, I've, I've turned around before and it's a, you know, a six-year-old kid back there and he doesn't realize that you can feel the being kicked behind it. And it's like, hey, buddy, you know, <laughs> and, and I've done things in that situation. Hey, you want a set of headphones and you can listen to the movie? You know, it's worth $5 to me to give the headphones to the kid to, you know, de-escalate the situation. He's not upset. Now he's happy. He gets to watch his cartoons and mom's happy because she didn't want to buy a headset for him that <laughs> is going to get thrown away anyhow because they don't work anywhere else but the planes. <laughs> the whole reason why we're on there is transportation. We're trying to get from point A to point B. And we're not, of course, I, as I say this, I, I'm thinking of one of my pilot friends who said he's had some people get married on his plane before. We're not there to get married. And, you know, we're there to get from point A to point B. You want to do it in the calmest, most relaxed way possible. And, hey, if it costs you $5, how many people spend twice that on, on the alcoholic drinks? And I'm not one who likes to drink on a plane and, and like that. So I would much rather buy that headset for, for that little kiddo or maybe even an adult. Hey, that's the one that sits next to me and won't stop talking when I'm trying to read or, or review notes. And I go, hey, you want to watch this movie? Here, I'll buy the headset for you. And in the story, it's over. They enjoyed the movie. I got my work done. We're on to the next flight. Thank you very much. We're on to the next podcast, but this has been 1161B with Dr. John Huber. I'm Dr. Mike Roizen, your host on You, the Owner's Manual Radio, the podcast. The A's are always the latest medical news of the week and what it means to you. Two great stories this week, one about aerobic resistance exercise and cognitive dysfunction, another about the anti-inflammatory drug that may be in our future to reverse 
or prevent sarcopenia and maybe other things if you believe the mouse data and the now human data. So go to the 1161A. 1161B, you've got it. Dr. Huber talking to us about how to deal with an unruly airline passenger. He is the CEO of Mainstream Mental Health. You can contact him at MainstreamMentalHealth at gmail.com for more information. We have usual are brought to you by Life's First Naturals, lifesfirstnaturals.com, the makers of both True Biotics and Bovine Colostrum, two things I take to decrease my risk of aging prematurely. You'll want to go to their website and see what the date is, or you can go to longevityplaybook.com, look in the library of our website, longevityplaybook.com, and find out the data there as well. Thanks very much, Dr. Huber. And of course, you, our listeners, the 50,000 of you who download us weekly are why we do this. Thanks very much. We'll be back next week. We hope you are too.